This time last year, around the holidays, I happened to read an article on Entrepreneur or Fast Company that said if you have a podcast, you shouldn't take the holiday season off. You should make episodes because people are home. They're looking for content. They're looking to be entertained. They're home. They have time to access these things. If you read Friday's supplier report, there was some interesting news, specifically around Amazon potentially getting out of China, but not really. And also Oracle trying to make sure that Chinese companies can't buy American companies, or at least make it harder. None of those topics felt particularly home for the holidays. So then I started to think about my family. I may or may not have talked about this before, but there is a good portion of my family, including my father, that are in the meat industry. They are butchers. And I've barely talked to my father this week because he's heads down with Thanksgiving preparations at Esposito's in Philadelphia. And I also tried to get my cousin Vinny. Yes, my cousin Vinny. The two Utes. Uh, uh, two what? What? Did you say Utes? Yeah, two Utes. Who also used to work with me in procurement, who left the industry to become a butcher in his father's business. I tried to get cousin Vinny to join me on this week's podcast. He politely declined. But this week, in honor of the holidays, we are going to forego technology topics, and we're going to talk turkey. I'm serious, I am literally dedicating an episode about turkeys. I'm Joey Lombardi, and this is SourceCast episode 96. There were no acquisitions last week, so let's get right to our main story. Turkeys. You're probably going to eat a turkey on Thursday. And I started thinking about the effort that goes into getting those turkeys to your dining room table every Thanksgiving. That has to be a logistics nightmare. As a frame of reference, every year, there's about 240 million turkeys raised in the United States. Illinois.edu is reporting that about 46 million turkeys are consumed on Thanksgiving. So 20% of all the turkeys raised in a given year are consumed on one day. And also to complete the picture, on average, 22 million turkeys are consumed on Christmas, and 19 million turkeys are consumed on Easter. So that's almost 90 million turkeys consumed on three days. A metric from a few years ago stated that 736 million pounds of turkey were consumed in the United States in a given year. Those metrics about the holidays had me wondering, and I found another statistic, that in the 1970s, 50% of all turkey was consumed during the holidays, those three days. Those 240 million turkeys that are raised every year, that results in anywhere from 20,000 to 25,000 jobs in the United States. The picture that I'm painting is that this week, there is a very high demand for turkeys. Where do those turkeys come from? Over half of all turkeys raised or produced, whatever word you want to use, in the United States came from just four states, Minnesota, North Carolina, Arkansas, and Missouri. My home state of Pennsylvania, and where all of my family's butcher shops operate, they're number nine on the list, and they produced seven million turkeys last year, or if you want to talk in pounds, 166 million pounds of turkey in a given year. The U.S. is the world's largest exporter of turkeys. Nearly 360,000 metric tons of turkey meat was exported last year, and that's up 14% from the year before. The primary export target for the United States is Mexico, and the second largest markets are sort of tied between China, Canada, and Hong Kong. 
As you can imagine, based on the metrics that I'm providing, the United States does not like to import turkey meat, only about $30 million per year, and those turkeys mostly come from Canada and Chile. So who's raising these turkeys? Where do these turkeys come from? The top turkey producers in the world, and this probably comes as no surprise, number one is Butterball. Number two is Jenny O Turkey Store. Three is Dakota Provisions. And surprisingly, Purdue is way down at number 15. I was expecting Purdue to be at least in the top three or five, but not the case. So now that we know who the players are, let's get back to that logistics question that I was pondering earlier. There's huge demand for turkey right now. How do these companies manage to keep up with such demand? Well, let's talk about the duration of a turkey. Most of us, when we purchase a turkey, we buy it frozen solid. That led me to wonder, how long does a turkey last while frozen? According to the Butterball Turkey Talk Line experts, turkey can be stored in a freezer, unopened and uninterrupted, for up to two to three years and still be completely safe to cook. However, they are recommending for best quality that the turkey only be stored for up to seven months. So the likelihood is that the turkey that you're purchasing has not been slaughtered. We're going to have to use that word at some point. I know it's uncomfortable. But the likelihood is that the turkey that you are probably consuming on Thanksgiving was not recently slaughtered. It has probably been processed within the last five months. So turkey producers plan ahead. The major commercial brands, like Butterball, once the turkeys reach the proper size and weight, they're slaughtered, again, we're using slaughtered, and they're blast frozen to minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit. And again, when that occurs, the birds can be produced and stored year-round. But there are fresh turkeys. And Butterball is apparently a market leader for the fresh turkeys as well. The logistics to have a fresh turkey on your dining room table is much more complicated. Butterball needs one fresh bird for every nine frozen ones. And they usually begin, again, we'll call it the production cycle, the year before. So they start at the holiday season the year before the birds are needed. The eggs for breeder birds have to be purchased from one of the world's two major genetic suppliers, Hybrid and Nicholas. Those eggs are then hatched and placed into turkey farms so they can grow and become mature during the winter. Butterball said they need about 28,000 laying hens and 1,700 studs each year to produce the right amount of fresh turkey. In the springtime, these birds produce the eggs that are destined to become the turkeys that we eat. The birds produced in the first five weeks of the production cycle go towards the fresh turkey population. Everything else becomes the frozen turkeys. Here's an interesting side note. When I was doing this research, I was wondering, why don't people eat turkey eggs? You know, for omelets and stuff like that. Turkey eggs are apparently completely edible. The issue is that they don't produce a lot of eggs. Chickens produce way more eggs and are way more stable. It's almost like a five to one ratio, maybe even more. And for those who are wondering, turkey eggs are closer to a duck egg, and apparently they're a little bit creamier and richer. And that leads to the question, why do we eat turkey on Thanksgiving? I had always heard that the turkey tradition, or having a large bird on your table, comes from Europe, specifically England, and it stemmed from the idea of having a goose on your table, which was a sign of affluence and wealth. The problem with a proper Christmas goose is that geese are very hard to breed. They're skittish animals. So eventually, someone decided that a turkey is a much more suitable animal for mass production. According to Slate.com, and this kind of fills in some of the rough edges there. Turkeys are affordable, and they're big enough to feed a crowd. Americans typically prefer poultry over other livestock because historically, 
birds can be slaughtered without huge economic sacrifice. For instance, a cow can be used for other things, like helping to plow a field. Beef was not commercially available until the late 19th century. Chickens were more highly valued back in the day because they produced eggs, and roosters, apparently the rooster meat is tough. So it's weird. Turkey became popular through a process of elimination, and also because they're not large egg producers. I couldn't end a holiday podcast talking about turkeys without talking to my father. So live, or live for me, here is the infamous Mean Joe Lombardi. Hello, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm fine. Long day at work? Yes, it was, yes. I'm not here for pleasantries. I'm here to ask you about turkeys. What would you like to know? First and foremost, Esposito's, one of the largest, if not the largest, meat distributor in Philadelphia. One of the largest, yes. How do they keep up with the demand for turkeys this time of year? Well, we make plans. We, we order, we pre-order ahead of time, and the turkeys are vacuum packed, so you have approximately have about a two-week shelf life from packing dates, and uh, we have no problem with the, with the supply. Now, you had mentioned to me earlier that you guys don't really sell turkey any other time but this time. We sell not much of it. We do sell them, but not very much. The bulk of it is Thanksgiving, some for Christmas, and the rest of the year it's uh, small amounts, whole turkeys. These turkeys that you sell at Esposito's, those, these are fresh turkeys? They're, fre- are... they're fresh turkeys. Not flash frozen? No. And what's the shelf life on a fresh turkey? About two weeks from packing dates because they're vacuum packed. If they're not vacuum packed, then it's different. Now, frozen turkey that you would get at a supermarket, how long would that last? Well, depends on the temperature. They could be a year old. People eat more turkey nowadays than they did. Back in the day, turkey was a treat. But since turkey is becoming more commonplace, are you seeing holiday meals replace turkey with some other kind of meat? Whole turkeys are still number one for Thanksgiving. People buy uh, maybe capons or some goose. They still do some roast beefs, prime ribs. There's a variety of meats that they eat, but turkey is still preferable. And you're seeing anything else, like a red meat that's replacing turkey? Well, prime rib does very well, yeah. Not as good as Christmas, but they, they do buy some prime ribs for Thanksgiving. But turkey's still the showstopper. Uh, turkey's still number one. Do you get your turkeys from Butterball, or do you get them from... We buy our fresh turkeys. They're mostly from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So I read that Pennsylvania is number nine in turkey production in the United States. I'm not sure, but it could be. They do raise a lot of turkeys. Okay, we'll finish it up with what's one thing, if you're going to buy a turkey, or it's a high-volume situation in a butcher shop, what's one thing you shouldn't do to annoy your butcher? Just be pleasant. Look at you saying, just be pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm pleasant. You certainly are. Yes. Well, Mean Joe, happy Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. It was my pleasure. Let's hope the audio doesn't suck. Uh, Me too. (laughs) Thank you. So there you have it. Now you know why we eat turkey on Thanksgiving, how that turkey ended up on your dining room table, and you know how long it's probably been sitting in some corporate freezer before you cooked it. In all seriousness, I want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast and supporting it every week. I want to wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving and safe travels. And basically, have a great week. I hope you're all taking some vacation time. And that's all we have for this week. You can find Sourcecast on iTunes, Google Music, and all of your favorite podcasting applications. Sourcecast is recorded 
and you call it Mandra, New Jersey. And it's produced by my dad. The outro is performed by me, Ben Lombardi, and music is provided by Patrick Lee. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.